Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. The one thing I truly love about this show is you. Sorry for making this awkward. In all seriousness, though, the audience and our little community that we have created and continue to build is phenomenal. People reach out to me daily with thoughts, questions and concerns, and I appreciate all of them. One listener who reached out to me recently is Jill. Hello. Hello, is that Jill? It is, yes. Hi, Jill. It's Jack. How are you? Hi, good, thank you. Thank you for messaging me. Really do appreciate you getting in touch. Oh, that's okay. I thought it was a fairly random thing for you to hear, but... <laughs> Not as random as you might think, Jill, uh, in the uh, the current role I find myself in. You know, I, I get lots of uh, <laughs> random things pop through. So now, to say Jill's message intrigued me is an understatement because of the nature of it. I tend to... I have had um, people sort of, you know, spirit reach out before um, that I've not known who to deal, you know, they tend to um, keep, I guess, bugging me <laughs> um, until I can connect where it needs to go. So I thought I'd let you know because I thought this guy might reach out again. So, <laughs> Let me start this by saying that what this show has taught me and my background in radio has taught me is to listen and to be open-minded. So when Jill contacted me, I was definitely willing to do both of those things. What would you call yourself or what happens to you? Uh, so, I, well, I call myself a, a psychic medium. Right. Um, it's, it's a relatively new thing for me to be actually being open with it <laughs> uh, in the last few years. I've always had, um, I guess, communication um, with past those have passed over. Um, and then I sort of, yeah, stepped up a little bit and admitted that it was all actually happening. And, um, yeah, so... So, so were you, were, sort of were you worried about admitting it because you thought people would think you're crazy, basically? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I still do. I still I still worry that people think, you know, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. I'm just passing on the messages that I get. Um, hopefully they make sense to someone. Over my 14 years in radio, I've had the opportunity to meet and speak with many people who say that they are mediums, that they communicate with those who have passed, 
One experience that I will never forget is sitting in a radio studio with John Edwards, the very well-known American medium who has created a phenomenal career communicating with people's relatives who have passed on. You're not adopted, right? I have. A, um, I found out as my mother was passing that uh, my father was my father. Yeah. Oh. Because it's time to talk about somebody being raised by someone who's not their biological parent. Yeah, my dad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jill is not like John Edwards. This isn't her career, or even something she does regularly to make some extra money. She's a lady who lives a few hours outside of Adelaide in South Australia. It is also important to point out that Jill has not asked me to plug any business or book or anything at all for this chat. She's just a listener of the show who got in touch. When was your, the first time that you can remember something like that happening, like getting getting sort of contacted, I suppose? Um, I guess I was actually quite young. I would have been... The, one I, the first I can remember quite well was... Um, I was around about seven. Got out of bed one morning and said, went out to my mum and said, this lady is showing me, um, you know, herself, what she looks like. And she, I, I explained what she looked like <laughs> you know mum sort of very was very quite scared of all of this sort of stuff and sort of basically said no 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 you that's just a dream or whatever um but it was actually a very clear vision and um and a woman sort of came to me and we worked out um a lady that we knew quite well had passed away overnight um and the woman that appeared to me was actually her i've now seen a photo of her um in as a, as her younger self um, yeah, she's just letting me know that she'd passed. So, <laughs> wow, wow. and it, that has happened all my life. The use of psychic mediums for criminal investigative purposes was pretty non-existent, or at least undocumented, until 1845. The specifics of that particular case are unknown, but the use of the paranormal to solve criminal cases has gained increasing popularity over the years with the general public. However, contrary to popular belief, they are widely unused by law enforcement. In fact, many police departments around the world have released official statements saying that they do not regard psychics as credible or useful on cases. Although this isn't to say that they aren't used. A 1993 survey of police departments in the 50 largest cities in the United States revealed that a third of them had accepted predictions from psychics. While official policy for police forces in Australia does not advocate the use of psychics for investigations, one former detective, senior constable Geoffrey Little, has said police do use them, and I quote, even though they officially say they don't. When it comes to psychics and mediums, I know there is really two camps. You either don't believe a word of it or you are fully invested. Well, as Jill says, she's not here to try and convince anyone of anything. In fact, she was hesitant of contacting me for fear that I would think she was crazy. She even said as much in her message. But I found what she said to me fascinating and I wanted to hear what she had to say. So is it something that happens just randomly? You'll be sort of sitting at home or doing work or whatever it is and all of a sudden, you know, do you hear a voice? Do you, how does it work? Uh, so it's a little bit, it's very different for anyone that, that has this sort of, um, a, this ability. Um, for me, um, I, you know, it's kind of like I would say a, an old um, 
projector projecting on, you know, sort of out in front of you and you see a very, um, it's not a terribly clear picture, but a, a picture you see people and like they show you what they look like sort of thing. I feel people's emotions. So I think that's called clairsentience. Um, I, I feel what they're feeling. Um, I also, um, I wouldn't say I hear a lot. Sometimes you'll hear like a word or two. Um, and um, it's it's a sense of knowing, like they basically, like they're having a conversation in your head <laughs> and you just and you just know what they want to say. Um, so it's a little bit of a combination. And like I said, everyone that does this is very different in, in the way that messages come through. Um, but spirit tends to use what resonates with you. Um, they use your language and they use your um memories and pictures and things so that you can relate to what they're trying to tell you. To me, that sounds stressful, <laughs> I'll be honest. It was kind of scary at first and you kind of think there's a, a lot of getting through. Am I making this up? And Is this just me? I find that, you know, doubting myself, the stressful part. But, um, you know, these messages are strong and they're not, they're not, I know they don't come from me. They're, they're, and there's a lot of um, messages that come through that um, once you pass them on, I actually feel relief that I've done what I needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't constantly get them. I don't constantly get messages. I, I think what happens is that spirit notice at a moment when I might be more open to receiving them, like with the particular messages I um, received relating to you. Um, yeah, I think spirit just realized that I was relaxed and and it was a time for them that they could pop in. Yeah. So for people listening, you, you, you've been listening to the podcast. So firstly, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I love it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you were listening to the Doris Moore story. Uh, were you actually yeah. listening to one of the episodes when this happened? Yeah. So what happened, I live uh, quite remotely. Um, it's a five-hour drive to the nearest, uh, to, uh, to Adelaide. Um, and I was heading down there for a medical appointment and... I had heard about your podcast and wanted to listen. So I had five hours of driving <laughs> ahead of me. I put it on and I listened. I just kept listening. Um, so the first, I think, four pod, uh, episodes about Darice, um, I was driving along and I noticed that I had no idea what Abraham looked like or who he was or anything about Darice other than what I've just been listening to. No, because also the, and- we should point out the fact that in those episodes, I actually did not explain what they look like uh, look like at all. Actually, in my first few episodes, I, I've sort of changed it since I, I do a little bit more descriptive work now in, in later episodes. But in those first ones, yep. I never mentioned yep. anything about the two of them, what they looked like uh, or anything. It was purely just, you know, we mentioned what, what Abraham did for a living and uh, and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah. as, as of his appearance, uh, as, a, as a, I don't even think we said what ethnicity he was. Well, uh, I noticed that I had a black man with very pronounced kind of, I would say, big dreadlocks. Like uh, there was a lot going on with the dreadlocks. Um, He was, yeah, he was connecting in with me. I just kept driving, um, you know, just letting it all happen. And sort of after about the fourth episode, there was a point that I heard Abraham's voice um, in a recording. And at that point, I knew very well it was Abraham with me. I really would like my old life back where I could walk the streets like a normal person, but got people coming up asking for money. My entire body was covered in goosebumps, which is a really good um, indication that that you are connected with the spirit. So I, I actually pulled off the road at that point and recorded a video of myself saying, I have just had this these messages come through. Um, I kept driving after that 
um, just often it helps it helps them know that you're you're accepting their messages and they can settle down then, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The whole time I was uh, listening, I had a black man with um, very obvious dreadlocks um, coming through with... um, he was coming through in a very, I guess, passive manner. Um, it was clear to me that he was very, um, perhaps passive in life and like things things happen to him rather than him making things happen in life. Um, he was quite um, relaxed and I guess in a way that, um, it's, um, in, in a way that, um, I think he was very influenced by other people and I feel like he was influenced a lot by DD. And I feel like he did he felt safe with DD. So then you so you're driving along you you're getting this sort of um, person communicating with you. What what happens talk me through what happens after all that? So <laughs> I tend to just clear everything out of my mind and and if they want to keep communicating then they can. Um, I actually got to my destination about, it's about oh, two or three hours later, I think it was. As a rule, I don't ever, you know, I don't go on social media and look for things or um, whatever. I usually pass on messages and then just leave it. But I needed to know 
that this was legitimate. I actually Googled a picture of Abraham's face or I just Googled an image of Abraham and <laughs> it was definitely Abraham that was um, that came through to me with um, you know with these amazing dreadlocks um, and yeah, it was definitely his face and he was even dressed in a way that was, you know, you could sort of see he had the, the shirt that he had on was um, the stylo that he was wearing. I've never looked beyond that um, and I know that's a very easy thing to say. I haven't done any more Googling, but I literally just wanted to see that it was him and that's when I decided. I actually rang my husband and then I rang my sister and said, hey, I've got another message through. This is um, it's actually a podcast I was listening to, blah, blah, blah. And my husband just went, oh, okay, again, sort of thing, like another message. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and then my, um, my, I rang my sister and she said, maybe you should message him. And I said, oh, as if, you know, no one's going to listen to this. But, yeah, I thought I'd message you just because I'd confirmed that it was him that's come through. And um, I, I felt like you gave Doris a voice, but he didn't get to have a voice. Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to put it out there that, that he he had a voice needed to have his voice too, and again, that's why I, I wanted to do this because you know uh, it's it's I find it very interesting, and uh, as I said, open minded to to hearing these things. So, what did um he, what did he have to sort of pass on? The first things that um, I felt was actually like basically he was letting me know who he was, and uh, he sort of came across as a very, I guess, passive person, um, a person that maybe let life happen to him rather than him making things happen in life. Um, he came across quite, I want to say I feel like he was very led by Dee Dee, but I want to say that he trusted her. So even until he died, he felt he could trust her and felt sort of safe with her directing him through things. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. Um, the first, probably the biggest thing for me is that um, he was showing me a cross. He was showing me a cross and I was trying to work out whether, obviously, any messages that come through, we have to interpret them and they'll keep sort of showing us things until we get it, how, you know, as to what they mean. So he's showing me a cross and he was showing me concrete in the cross um, and I'm thinking, you know, X marks the spot, what is it sort of thing and um, as we sort of, as I kept going and, and listening to the podcast and things, um, I got a sense of a double cross. So, um, yeah, he he felt he was double crossed. He's going, listen to my voice, listen to my voice. Um, he was sort of saying either the last time his voice was recorded was an indication that there was something said that might have been helpful or the last time his voice recorded was a, was a very good indicator as to the timeline as things that things happened. He also said that you can't hear him after a certain point. I felt like he was trying to say that he had passed away earlier than what um, Dee Dee perhaps indicated in her comments. He said, look at the timeline, there's detail between my death and the concrete being poured. There's detail there that needs that needs to come out. I feel like from what he showed me that he was in the concrete, under the concrete and the money was gone he said to look at the position of his body, which I'm not sure um, if they took notice of that when they um, exhumed his body. But the position, the position his body was in, um, would have given an indication whether he was buried post pre or post concrete. Um, he definitely trusted DD, and uh, and he wasn't saying 
um, that Darice murdered him. Like he he was he actually did indicate that he was murdered by a male. Right. Um, his life was taken by a male, but there is um, there is a, there is a feeling that the double crossing comes in there that perhaps there was involvement. I'm not saying Darice is completely guilty, and I'm not saying she's completely innocent, but um, he's saying justice isn't served at this point. Right. The person that actually took his life isn't necessarily in jail. Right. This is where I come across as the crazy person because I can't say to you, well, he said this and he said that. I'm just giving you what he's giving, the feeling that he's giving me. And look, this that, um, that does lead into yeah. my next question because I have to play devil's advocate and, you know, ask yeah. questions. I don't want to be offensive or anything like that. I've just got to ask questions. No, no. Why wouldn't he just say, hey, uh, Jill, this is the name of the person who killed me. Uh, Darice didn't do it. It was this guy. So either... There's several answers to that question. One is that I'm not a good enough medium to be able to get that. <laughs> um, I also get the feeling this is a very complicated case. It very much um, is. I don't really honestly think that it's very clear. I, to be charged with murder means doesn't necessarily only mean that um, I think that you have physically, literally taken a life. I'm not sure whether it actually includes that you might have been, you know, very vocal in in that happening. So um, I feel like there's a double crossing and, and there is a very convoluted situation. Um, so the act of taking his life may not have been yet solved, but perhaps there was some kind of involvement um, beyond that one other person. That's the really hard thing about why, you know, why I was hesitant about messaging you because he couldn't say or I couldn't get from him the answer. No, and I, I'll point um, out that you did yeah. message me and say, look, I can't solve this yeah. this crime. And I said to you, well, we're not, we're not in it. To so- we don't want to solve it. I just want to hear the conversation. But I still have to ask, yeah. that, obviously, that yeah. question about, you know, if, if he's put, saying all this stuff, why, why isn't he just saying the name, yeah. I suppose? Like he's communicating. There is evidence in the timeline that would bring justice to the case. So he's saying justice isn't served right now, Yeah. but things need to be looked at more deeply. This is not my opinion of the case. I've swung personally, swung, you know, definitely she's guilty, definitely she's not guilty. I've swung back and forth, back and forth. But he's saying um, justice isn't served right now. Do you think that that'll be the, the last that he, now that you've passed on this message to me, do you think that'll be the, the last time you sort of, I suppose, hear from him? Um, I, I'm not sure. I I have actually communicated with him since. Um, I have sort of different methods. I use dows and rods and things like that, and he's come through in those. So um, I guess we'll see. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, if he does, please let me know. Um, I will for sure. Well, yeah. look, it's absolutely fascinating, and I, I really do appreciate you getting in, in touch and, and giving me all that uh, information and insight. And, um, of course, if you hear back from... Uh, Mr. Shakespeare, let me know. Um, and uh, furthermore, listening to the show down the track, if you hear from anyone else, I'd be fascinated to hear uh, hear the story. Yeah, yeah. It's um, he actually sounds like a very oh, it's a very complicated way of putting things across for him to tell me how you know the sort of person he is. But I I I think he meant well in life. Um, and yeah, he wanted he did also try and pass on or you know tell me that um, the actual winning lotto ticket. He he felt that it was legitimately his. So um, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was but, su- but, he was sued for it. Yeah, as well. So um. yeah, but he did have he definitely had a um, 
once he got the money, it just caused him so much pain and heartache. So, yeah, well, um, from everything I've learned about the man, he was literally giving it out left, right, and centre to people. Anyone who asked for for help or money, he was sort of handing it out hand over fist, and yeah. um, you know, didn't have a hell of a lot left by the time it came to his uh, his his murder. So, very very sad story indeed. Look, I, again, I really do appreciate you reaching out. I know it was probably a hard one for you because, as you said in your message, you're going to think I'm crazy. I certainly don't think you're crazy. Yeah. Um, and I very much appreciate you, you. Get, getting in touch with me. And, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing any more information that, that pops up as well. No worries at all. Thank you for, for letting me speak no, to no. Abraham's. No, no as well. <laughs> not at all. Thank you so much indeed. And uh, and keep in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast as well. I really appreciate it. I, no worries. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Talk to you soon. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Produced, hosted and created by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This show is part of the ACAST Creator Network. 